It's Seltzer 30. Hi, everybody. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Each week, we talk about things like urban legends. My grapefruit Kroger brand seltzer water. Cryptozoology. My powerful punching. What are those weird signs coming from the sky? And I'm going to, if one of those loud trumpet sounds from the skies comes to earth, I'm going to punch it apart to death. Anything spooky related. Yes. Each week since I found out about bubble water and Lindsay found out about chocolate soy milk, we will both research a topic separately. Lindsay will go to the soy milk factory. I'll go to the soy milk gift shop. And then we reconvene inside of our house and discuss what we've researched for the very first time with each and every one of you and each other for, I said, the first time. And this week, I'm going to dedicate my portion of the show to Kroger brand seltzer water. I will dedicate my portion of the show to, um, I don't know, I guess soy chocolate milk. <laughs> What's your... Any kind of brand, I guess. Can we uh, really quick... Uh, okay, I just... Click. I just stopped recording. Let's cut the crap. Yeah. What's your favorite dairy substitute? What's your favorite non-cow's milk? Soy. Soy? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Cashew is really good, too. They're all good. They're all good. I just, I prefer soy. Okay, that's fine. Some people are haters on soy. They say you shouldn't have soy. (laughs) I say soy later because I'm drinking soy milk. Okay. I say almond your own business. I'm going to drink almond milk. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Or I said cashew you later. Whoops. Uh, Cashew you later. I'm going to have cashew milk. I say get out of here. I'm going to have oat milk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't think of a fun one for coconut. Yeah. No, well, neither. what did we talk about last week? <laughs> last week, you talked about kind of what you mentioned earlier when we first started talking about milk. You talked about the fourth horseman, the signs of the coming apocalypse. Yeah. And apparently, what is that website? Strangesounds.com or something? It's either... We should really post it. Yeah. It's either strangesounds.com or it's google.com. It is strangesounds.org. Oh, but every day it's seriously updated like all the time. Yeah, it is. Uh, strangesounds.org slash sky hyphen trumpets hyphen 2020 hyphen trumpet hyphen sounds hyphen in the sky list. We told our parents were up this weekend and we told our moms about the trumpet noises that people are hearing around the world and it legitimately scared my mom. And my mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gave my mom chills and then my mom saying that she got chills made your mom fart. Yes. <laughs> true <laughs> this is a true story it's yeah, a true story here's <laughs> so now we know what they do in a scary situation hey here's a true story my mom farted <laughs> because my mom was scared yeah so i don't know <laughs> i don't know what that means but my mom st- farted while standing up she well she she was already in the standing up position yeah and then Lindsay's mom got scared and then my mom farted and then almost <laughs> peed her pants because uh, Lindsay's mom well my mom said Lindsay's mom made her fart <laughs> and you know what I don't think anyone can make you fart 
I think you fart on it's your unusual, own. It's unusual, yeah. But Especially I guess... when you're 64, you fart on your own. And you talked about... I think I... Was it Pterodactyl Week? It was Pterodactyl Week, yeah. And I talked mm-hmm. about pterosaurs and how there was a little one with a cute 10-inch wingspan. And then there was the... Fabu? Huh? What's the du- shoe oh, bill's name? Futaba. I can't remember Futaba. Now, I we owe everyone an apology. We kept saying he for Futaba, and Futaba is a wonderful lady shoe bill crane. So we we're did, sorry for tu- fu- fu- Fugazi. <laughs> we're sorry for Fugazi the punk band, which, you know, all kidding Futaba. aside. I loved Fugazi in high school. I listened to yeah. Fugazi all the time. But that bird is so cute and so wonderful, and it lo- has a crush on its owner, and it bows to it, and I think it is so adorable. It is very cute. I used to hate those birds. I really did. I used to think, you know what? If I saw one of those, I would learn. I would say, you stay right there. And then I'd go for two years, learn karate, just so I could karate kick that thing in the next week. There are, there are scary birds. Like They are. But now, it even like walks slowly towards you like it's kind of Michael Myers-ish. Yeah, or like any slasher film villain where they, all they do is walk. Yeah, and then they just like peek at you through the window. Yeah. Like imagine if Michael Myers just bowed. And clattered its mouth. Yeah, that would be scarier. You know what? I think that there's a lot we as the human race can learn from the Shoebill Crane about developing a new slasher villain. You walk really slow, you have a bigger mouth than normal, Yeah. and you bow at people that you're about to kill really slowly, kind of like an unusual bow, and then you chomp your teeth really loud when you're happy. Hmm. Wouldn't that be creepy? Yeah, sure. Shoebill cranes can also expose their spine through their mouth. Yeah, that's gross. It's disgusting, yeah. It is pretty gross. Yeah, it's nasty. Well, Linz, I'm first this week. You are. I'm done talking about birds and dairy milk substitutes. <laughs> but you know what's cool is we actually have, you showed me and then my dad showed me this, mm-hmm. some breaking booze. I think you know what I'm, what, what I'm about to tell you. Aren't... About the Bigfoot in Washington? Yes. Uh-huh. So there is some new footage, I'm using air quotes, of a Bigfoot on a traffic webcam or a snow weather condition webcam up in Washington. Now, it's on Sherman Pass in Washington, and it was spotted or it was publicized on the Washington State Department of Transportation East Twitter feed. And I believe this is in, I lived in Oregon for a little bit, and it's very close to Washington, no duh. But there is a town in Washington called, I never know if I'm pronouncing it right. It's, it looks like it's pronounced Snoqualmie. Okay. But this is what Google Translate thinks it sounds like. Snoqualmie. That's kind of what you said, yeah. Yeah, Snoqualmie. Yeah, Snoqualmie. But it was posted on their Twitter from their traffic cam or from their snow camera, I guess. And I want to know what you think of it. Have you watched the footage? No, I just saw a picture of it and then I showed you the article. The picture looks a little bit suspect. The footage itself, I don't know. You tell me what you think. There it is. Let me see closer. I mean, it, you could definitely see that something is walking across the screen. Something with two legs that's walking on him with arms. Yeah, but I mean, you have no reference to see how big or small that thing is. The only reference I could find 
is a screenshot from where, like from on the actual road, looking up towards where that webcam is. And I mean, it's, it's pretty high up there. And I guess it was some pretty high snow. So it's, I, I mean, I don't know why it would be up there. The reason I don't think it's a Bigfoot is that like it seriously, like it walks like a putsy dad. It kind of walks like a putsy dad. Like, it's not like this graceful, big creature. It, like, is like, oh, shoot, I'm caught out here. Oh, man, it's cold. Yeah. And (laughs) why did I wear shorts outside again? Right. Yeah, it walks a little bit like a putsy dad. I also thought it kind of walked like someone who had to number two. Mm. Like a bath, kind of like a bathroom walk. So you're thinking they stopped and pulled over and they went to go try to find a bathroom. Way up high on this hill because they were thinking... Oh, how nice. It's very snowy out here. No one will be up here. And then bonus, I'll have a really nice view of Sherman Pass in Snoqualmie, Washington. See, the thing, though, that's unusual about it is it looks, it's a black and white footage. It looks like it was kind of taken at night, though. Correct? Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, night, night vision. And if it's night vision in the camera, you don't see anything about... Or you don't see any kind of like flashlight source. No, you don't. So if it was a regular human being, you think they wouldn't just walk in the pitch black dark. They would not, correct. So it could have been something that could see in the dark. True. And Bigfoot just walks like a dopey dad. So Bigfoot might walk like a dopey dad who's got a dump. Yeah. Or it's a person, it's a living person with night vision, with actual science alien night vision right or it is a bigfoot that can already see in the dark true now if it is a bigfoot do you think the way this bigfoot was walking is say this was the first bigfoot footage you've ever seen in your life would you think oh that bigfoot looks like it needs to go to the bathroom or would you just think oh it's just a bigfoot no it looks like to me he's having a little bit of trouble walking because the snow is high yeah okay well the bathroom shuffle He's not doing the bathroom boogie? I don't think so. Because why does he have to pick a... Like, if it's nighttime, Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere, why does he have to pick, like, a certain spot to go to the bathroom? Well, two things. That Bigfoot... If you gotta go, you gotta go. That's true. Well, this Bigfoot could have a specific area that's very far away from where this Bigfoot is living, which is, like, designated, you know... Dump spot? The dump spot. (laughs) (laughs) Operation dump spot? It could be Operation dump spot. Okay. Or it's just a very particular Bigfoot that goes, I'd like to... I like my dump spot over here. It's a little bit more private. I can take a little bit more time to be sort of by myself and just kind of take it all in as as I take it all out. Lady Bigfoot is mad because I keep pooping near the house. Yeah. And she tells me to take it further out back. Go away. And yeah, number two, very far away. Yeah. Which I think is something that we can all sort of take into consideration, you know? Well, we all poop close. Hey. Or in our house. Yeah. Maybe we should start pooping outside of our house. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And we don't have neighbors, which is okay, but most people do. So just poop in their yard. Yeah, I guess they really would. They if especially if you don't have a dog, they really couldn't blame it on anything else. They'd be like, "What then is going on?" Then you'll see a bunch here? of reports of people reporting poop in their yard when they don't have a dog. Yeah, they're like this mystery human-sized poop. <laughs> it's Bigfoot. 
local turder terrorizes neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, don't poop in your neighbor's yard. Don't. Unless... Or if they have a dog, go ahead, poop it in the yard. They'll just blame it on the dog and be like, what did you eat? What did you eat? Person food? Yeah. Whose butt did you steal? A person's butt? What did you eat? Person poop? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving past person poop Mm -hmm. i have a little bit so my my topic for this week is related to something i was talking about i think in october is when this news was breaking all of those cattle mutilations in oregon so i did a little bit more research just on cattle mutilation and i found out about this dude whose name is clark but about this one story that he was or that was written about from 2010 in August. Okay. But I guess it belongs in this book called, which is also funny because I talked about it a few weeks ago, the 37th Parallel. And it's a book that profiles, I guess, a few people, especially this Clark guy and their journeys and weird findings along the 37th Parallel. Is it Lois and Clark or Lewis and Clark? And it's not, it's not, not. Lois. <laughs> Well, there's Lois and Clark Kent. There's Lois and Clark Kent. True. Oh, there's too many Loises and Lewises and Le- Levi's. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's hard for What's... me. And you get you get confused about the name Levi and Clark. Levi and Clark. And okay. Clarp. And Clarp. Well, you could say when you're wearing your casual outfit, oh, I'm wearing my Levi's and Clark's. Your yeah. Clark shoes, yeah. You'd be like, do you mean Lewis and Clark or Lois and Clark Kent? And you're like, no. No, I mean my Levi's and Clark's. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh-huh. I think that was a that was such a meaningless thing we said, but I had fun saying I it. I liked that a yeah. lot. I thought it was pretty witty. A lot? You liked it? Or a little? Yeah, you can tell by my laughter. <laughs> it was really... I really liked it. No, it was heady. I think it was, it was oh, smart. That was, yeah. That was like some highbrow humor. Yeah, that was like... That was like what the George Carlin humor right there. Yeah. It's pretty smart. I can already tell that this episode might not make any sense. That's okay. They but, never really do. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, Welcome. continue on your journey. <laughs> Welcome to our show. You know what? I feel like this is our journey. Everyone who's listening, both you and I, this is our journey together. Yeah. I just cracked open a grapefruit seltzer from Kroger. I'm feeling a little silly. Ate a bunch of gummies earlier. Feeling pretty good. I took a nap. Way too long. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I can't take a short nap. And apparently we cannot stay on topic anymore. I'm ready. I'm ready for this jelly. Okay. Well, I think I'm ready too. Okay. Okay. Remember how I said his name was Clark? Yes. I was wrong. It's Chuck. So we just had a whole conversation about Lewis and Clark and Lois and Clark, and there's not even a Clark in the story? Here's the twist. Oh. Chucks are also slang for Chuck Taylor's shoes. So, yes, we were kind of close. Yeah, Chuck. <sighs> All right. So, <laughs> this is um, this is a pretty interesting story. At least I think so. Uh, specifically related to cattle mutilation or livestock mutilation. So, this is something that... I think it, well, whatever. This is something that I'm actually very interested in and really excited about. I don't like animals dying, of course. I don't well, like unexplained anim- animal mutilation because yes. there's animal mutilation every day. Yes. And we do know how that happens. Yeah, they're trapped and it's very sad. Oh, okay. It's really sad. Okay, okay I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Okay, so this story profiles a dude named, oh, I'm getting this from an article from the New York Post. 
So this guy's name is Chuck Zukowski, and he is a ufologist. Mm-hmm. That's a very hard word to say. So can you guess how many how many stories or reports of animal mutilation or livestock mutilation unexplained have happened in the past 50 years? Well, up until recently, I didn't even know it was happening. How so. many animals? So, I don't, well, I don't know. Take it. Take a wild guess. In the past fifty years, um, fifty an animal a year. Ten thousand. That's a lot of animals. A lot. Now, for I, unexplained animal mutilation. Yes. Okay. Yes. Ten thousand animals. Now, I do not know if that's ten thousand separate reports or ten thousand animals in total. Either way, huge numbers. Right. Radical. And I think it's worldwide. I don't believe it's just in the U.S. But each one of those, every single solitary case of livestock mutilation that's been reported, every single one has been completely and totally unexplained. Nobody knows why or what, especially what. Right. There were never, and around any of these, there were never any footprints. There were no tire tracks. There were no signs of violence. So this one was from Rush, Colorado on August 12th of 2010. The woman who owned the ranch, her name was Glenda. It's about an 80-acre ranch, and she's the one who called police and then contacted Chuck about the incident. Mm -hmm. So there were, I think, one cow and then two horses, mysteriously just completely almost dissected. So as Glenda was leading Chuck back into the ranch, this is there's there's a lot of paraphrasing in here because the article was actually humongous. Glenda was leading Chuck back in the ranch, back to the ranch. And when this was happening, so this had happened, Chuck was visiting the ranch six days after the initial police report was filed. So police showed up. They didn't know what it was, but they were there like an hour after Glenda found these animals. So Chuck was there six days later. They okay. get to the ranch. And still, after six days, in both the separate little areas for the cattle and the horses, they were all like huddled together really far away from where it happened. So almost a week later, they were still really shooken up about the entire thing, which to me, I put a lot of weight into how animals react to stuff. Right. I don't know. It just seems... They were scared of something. They were very scared of something. Even Glenda's dog was freaked out and the dog was inside the house away from these areas and i guess when people would show up the dog was usually pretty quiet and pretty tame would like start wailing and howling uh because people were there and was just also super shooken up about the entire thing which sad and also scared yeah so there is the one horse that was acting a little bit scared and shooken up so this horse according to glenda was one of the horses that quote unquote survived so it had a couple similar markings on it, but nothing ever happened to this horse. Okay, so what were the markings that it had on it? Well, here's here's a little bit about the horse, and there also is some about the markings as well. So this horse was her husband's favorite horse, mm -hmm. the one that was still alive. Here's a little bit from the article. It was a young male, a little over two years old, and to describe the animal as agitated would be an understatement. He was pawing at the ground, his eyes were rapidly shifting, and there was spittle pulling at the edges of his mouth. He was just extremely anxious and nervous. Okay. Moving closer, Chuck immediately saw a reddish mark on the horse's nose, uh, kind of up close to his eyes. What looked like some sort of cut, scrape, or even a burn about the size of a quarter. Following Glenda's lead, the horse bent down a little bit lower, and then there were some marks on the insides of the animal's legs as well. Okay. So similar to the other ones that were dead, 
or that that had all their organs stolen. Right, but you, but I thought they had no marking on them. Oh no, they 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 had marking on them for sure. And almost all of the animals have like these surgical, sort like surgically precise markings on them. Okay. There were two horses that were dead, and similar to some of the other animal mutilation stories I've talked about, there was absolutely no blood whatsoever. So I really can't stress enough how crazy that is. Right. It's very unusual. It's extremely unusual. These horses, these big horses, they were estimating there's about four gallons of blood inside of a gigantic horse. Okay. And there was not one drop spilled on the ground and not one drop left inside of the horse's bodies. Is there some kind of like, I mean, I'm trying to think of it logically. And is there some kind of like disease that would maybe like, I mean, I know this kind of maybe sounds dumb, but like would dry (laughs) up your blood? I don't know. I really like, don't I know. I wonder if these livestock are getting like infected with some kind of disease we don't know much about. I mean, I, I guess because we don't know why this is happening or what's doing us, I guess we can say literally it could be anything. So right. it could be something like that. But the weird part is that they all had identical surgical markings and the exact same parts of them were taken as well right so their tongue their tongues were gone a few of their organs inside of their body were gone and then in these ones their oopsie daisies were gone as well mm-hmm. well okay this is macabre and kind of gross but okay say you i'm not a doctor i know that a lot of people think that i am but i'm not <laughs> but <laughs> okay so diving into something Weird. Okay. You take a tongue out, it's going to bleed a lot. A lot. So if something knew how to remove the tongue and then drink the blood, could you eventually drain the body of all its blood? And then the other incisions, like, okay, like I said, this is getting kind of macabre. Okay. You (laughs) eat the tongue. Okay. Drain as much blood as that bleeds. Okay. Move on to another spot, like, say, one of the legs, Mm. surgically kind of cut something open, drain as much of the blood as you can get from there, move on to another spot, kind of like a vampire. But, like, I wonder if there's an animal kind of mimicking that folklore of a vampire. So you're saying the good old-fashioned, slow-but-sure... Chop and drain. Yeah, like maybe we got a vampire deer out there. Chop the tongue, drain that blood. Yeah. Chop a body part, drain that blood, and then you move on so and you know, so forth and so forth. Right. I don't know. Maybe. Could be. Like, because I always think about how there's the phenomenon, and I know I brought it up before about orca killer whales. Mm. Surgic like they're finding that they're surgically removing the livers out of great white sharks. Yeah, that's true. They like are. they're not like ki- like they're killing them that way. It's like they chase them down until exhaustion and then just want the liver. Maybe we have because it could literally be anything because it is unexplained. Maybe we have some land orcas happening here. <laughs> I just like imagined an orca just walking around really fast because his fins are his feet and they're really short and little, and he yeah. has to just walk super fast. Now. I did misspeak. Nocturnal land orcas. Okay. Happening all at night. Now we have to worry about that in the woods. We have Bigfoot. Well, we have Bob Yaga. We well, okay. So luckily, we have orcas. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, we don't have to worry about it because this is mostly taking place in big ranches, 
big okay. open fields. Colorado and Oregon, Wyoming, New where Mexico. Where most orcas live. Yes, where orcas. Because it's right on the coast. Yep, and they love <laughs> to hang out there. All of those places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I love going to the ocean in Colorado. It's beautiful. Isn't it nice? It's so nice, the coast. I remember when I first started snowboarding. I, I don't snowboard anymore. I was never very good at it, but I kept falling down and falling down. And then these bullies were snowboarding around like next to me and they were trying to say that they were really, really good. This was in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, OK, I guess you're really good. I just kind of wanted to brush them off because I kept falling and falling. And then they, they all told me that they were professional snowboarders from Florida. And oh. I was like, huh, are you sure? And they went, yeah, you ever heard of the Florida mountains? And then they fl- and then they snowboarded away. Oh. Now, I don't know if they were being serious because if they are, if, if they were being serious, okay, joke's on you. But if they were joking and they were also in high school, I bet you they're very funny people these days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. So the two horses that were found dead, their names were Princess and Buck. Aww. They were lying prone in the grass and they were lying the exact same way. Weird. Their carcasses were flat against the ground on their sides, splayed out in exactly the same position. As Chuck drew closer, he could see no signs of predators or any signs uh, or any sort of defensive resistance. No deep hoof prints or no raised furrows on the horses. They had obviously died suddenly. According to Glenda, they were young and healthy, and each of those horses were worth a few thousand bucks. Both horses had been stripped to the bone in various places. Much of their hides was still present, but the wounds were prolific from head to haunch. Hmm. On both the animals, their eyes were removed. Other wounds on what was left of the carcasses were precise, small, and seemingly surgical, where internal organs had been excised uh, and the tongues had been taken as well. Cleanly, via a perfectly straight incision far back in the throat, like in it. Hmm. So it's like, hey, what is happening? What is happening here? And then here's, uh, oh, and along the abdomen, there was a very long T-like incision going down what was left of the abdominal area. So here's a little, here's a little tidbit from the article. The phenomenon of animal mutilations, which had been simultaneously mocked as the product of some sort of Midwestern mass hysteria and shrouded in continually redacted secrecy, had once inspired a massive multi-state investigation. It involved a Democratic senator from Colorado, the FBI, at least one satanic cult, and a near-decade-long open case file that had ended right back where it started. So this was almost 50 years to one of the first reportings of animal mutilations in 67 in Alamosa, Colorado. Uh, A horse had been killed very, very similarly, uh, and this animal mutilation was also accompanied with like some UFO sightings. And there was also a superior court judge named Charles Bennett, who had claimed to have seen three reddish-orange rings in the sky moving at incredible speeds around when the first animal mutilation sightings and things happened in 67. Oh, that was just me hula-hooping. Oh, well, why didn't, you tell, why didn't you tell anyone that you were hula-hooping on a mountain? Yeah, well, it's like, you know how, like, ravers, they have their glow hands and hula-hoops and stuff? That was me Oh, back in the day. What if it was just a bunch of people hula-hooping as hard was, as they could? <laughs> it was just a hula-hoop game. Imagine, okay, let's do a quick little play uh, game of play pretend. Okay. Just imagine someone on top of a mountain that's not too high. You know, it's it's short enough to where people can see you doing it. 
just hula hooping as hard as you absolutely could. With like a glowy hula hoop at night? Yes, but like aggressively hula hooping. Yeah, that would be weird. You'd freak me out. Yeah, oh, yeah, just really getting, just really going <laughs> for it. Is that how they make the sounds well, when they hula hoop? That's the sound I would make if I was trying to hula hoop as hard as I could. Yeah. Yeah. And just like my, my arms would be kind of out in front of me like with my palms facing down, but then pulled back slightly to my body. And I would, my, my head would for sure be moving. Yeah. yeah. And I'd have those like cool, like goggle sunglasses, but above my glasses because I had to like take them off to put them on. Mm-hmm. What would you wear if you were aggressively hula hooping on top of a mountain in Colorado? Probably like a, like a skin tight onesie suit because I wouldn't want any fabric getting in my way. Movement clothes. Yeah. You need like really good movement clothes. Maybe like something sparkly or mm-hmm. I don't know. What about shoes? No shoes. Okay. All you right. need to just barefoot that. Okay. Uh, most important question. What would What would your hair be doing? Oh, I'd have to put it up in a bun because oh. I don't want hair in my way. Yeah, that's true. I mean, unless it's just really curly and crazy and then it just looks sweet. See, I thought because you were talking about raving, you would have like uh, different colored neon like dreadlocks. Oh. And, you know, you'd be... You could. Yeah. Maybe I would then. Sure. I'd want bright green, bright purple, and bright orange dreads. Mm-hmm. Uh, goggles, probably like a flannel shirt with the sleeves cut off. Yeah. And then, yeah, very, very, very shiny, maybe like shiny silver pants, very tight. Like tights or pants? Tights. Shiny jeans. Very, very shiny denim. (laughs) And then I'd be wearing really nasty, like military looking boots, but they were like a little bit bigger, like ones you might wear in outer space. Oh. Wow. That's cool to think about. No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, next week, remind me, I have a story of a dude who they believe was, uh, they being the FBI, was mutilated in the style of these animals. A person? A person. He was gone for 10 days, showed back up in the middle of nowhere. Ew. And had like, yeah, a bunch of animal, like his tongue was, well, I kind of told the story right now, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's, that's the story he vanished he was part of a team the fbi they were investigating all this stuff it was called project grudge number 13 mm-hmm. this is before the famed pl- uh, project blue book about uh and extraterrestrials. Project runway and project runway with heidi Klum. Uh-huh. and then uh yeah this dude they said uh he vanished for 10 days and then showed back up in the desert uh, with his tongue gone his eyeballs gone was he bunch- dead he was for sure dead and he was oh. totally nude uh, but they had no idea where he went. Just gone for 10 days, desert, all the stuff. Tongue yeah. gone, all that stuff. Yeah. Very, very Well, if he was weird. in the desert, I think the buzzards got him. I think the buzzards might have gotten him, but the buzzards might have also learned how to use a scalpel. Well, they have sharp faces. And they do carry medical tools. Yeah. Oh. It's scary. Birds are not... You don't want to mess with a bird. I think birds did it. Eh, birds did it. Wouldn't that be great to call the cops and they show up and they look at the horses? Nah, birds did it. And they left. I think that'd be funny. Maybe just me? I don't know how funny that would be. I think that'd be scary. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about it in the Haunted Housekeeping Zone about how scary birds are or aren't. Okay. Okay, ready? Yep. Okay, we will see each and every one of you there in the Haunted Housekeeping Bird Zone in three, two, one. Do 
you have any questions that you've been bottling up about your neighbor who you think might actually be a succubus, but who might actually be a ghost posing as a succubus? Well, you're in luck because you can call our not so brand new, but still new and shiny state of the art aerodynamic spooky spouses hotline and ask us any question that you want. We will hear your question. We will try to answer your question. We sometimes we help. And sometimes we don't help, but that's okay. So do you have any questions about if your plants can actually hear you talk about your murder plans coming up? If your cat has another family that he's been secretly hiding from you? If you think one of your legs might actually be somebody else's leg? If there is a monster actually under your bed and your mom is wrong? Or if you think you can get Bigfoot on speakerphone and maybe let us talk to the Bigfoot that lives behind your house, call our hotline whenever you want. The phone number is 803-816-2667. And if you're looking at your phone when you type the number out, which most people do, and you feel like, hmm, that number isn't spooky enough. 2667 spells booze. There you go. Which that is eh, 5% scary. So again, the phone number is 803-816-2667 or 803-816-BOOZE. Call anytime you want. We'd love to hear from you and we'll answer your questions on our show. We are also part of the scavengersnetworkparty.com. <laughs> you can find us at scavengersnetwork.com, us and a bunch of other podcasts. If you would like to support us or any of the other shows on the network, you can donate one to $500 million and get extra bonus content. What we hit, we've done swell spells. We've done collabs with other people. It's really fun. Yeah. If you go to patreon.com slash the scavengers network and become a patron and help us keep the lights on or help us keep the lights flickering because it's haunted (laughs) and that's just a small joke you can you can get access to like Lindsay was saying we've done some spells some collaborations there's some myth takes bonus content there's some widk bonus content and there's a lot more bonus content coming up and we're very excited about it so again patreon.com slash the scavengers network and become a donor if you like our show and you want us to keep making the show or if you just want to check out all the other shows on the network maybe dipping your toes in the scavengers Network or the Patreon pool, go to scavengersnetwork.com, do some browsing, some poking and some prodding, and then just take a gander. We also have a merch store where you can get some crazy, spooky, fun, great merchandise there. Maybe 2020 is the year you want to start using a coffee mug. Maybe 2020 is the year you want to use, you want to start using a mouse pad and just cut the crap. Maybe you don't have any clean shirts and you're like, you know what? I think I'll just order a spooky spouse's shirt and then I'll be good. You can do that. I mean, you can literally buy whatever you want. You're an adult. It's your money. And if you would like to keep up to date with our show, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at spooky underscore spouses. Or you can send us an email at spooky at gmail.com. Show us some love. Follow along. Write us something. I don't know. Yeah. And if you'd like to, you can rate and review the show whenever you'd like, if you'd like, or just help us spread the word about our show by telling a buddy of yours. Or telling an enemy. We don't care. We'd also like to give a shout out to Eli Chambers. He is on Twitter at Eli who does music and he has written the theme song that you hear at the beginning and the 
middle and the end. Say maybe you just want a theme song for making coffee in the morning. He can do that for you. Say you're starting a podcast about how you think your dog has been scheming to eat your body the second you fall asleep. Eli can make you some theme music specifically for your brand new podcast that you're going to start. Maybe you're like, hey, Eli, I woke up this morning and I'm crabby and I want a song that makes me even crabbier. Yeah, he can do that too. He's a little bit of a warlock when it comes to tunes and sounds and sonic waves. That's because he has flute arms and I think he has trumpet thighs. He does have trumpet thighs. <laughs> so follow Eli at Eli Who Does Music and have him write you some tunes. He's good at it. Hey Eli, do you want to help me make an improvised fantasy adventure podcast? Hey Ty, that sounds fun. Do we want to bring in all of our friends to play with us? Nope, just you. Okay, will I be on the whole time? Actually, no, you'll be on for three to six episodes, and then we'll bring on another guest. Okay, is one of us going to be the main character? Nope, you're all just going to be side characters in a larger story. Okay, but this podcast is going to be hard to find, right? Nope, just look up Side Character Quest on whatever podcast app you like, or just go to sidecharacterquest.com. Okay, but you promise not to kill my character, right? No promises. Uh, oh no. <laughs> Welcome back, cow buddies, cow mutilation people. <laughs> you just laugh when I welcome everyone back. I do. Cow buddies, cowboys, cowgirls. Cow bros. Cow beings. Cow. Oh, I thought you said cow beans. No, not cow beans. Cow beings. Beings. Cow aliens. You know what, what a thing is? Is cow tipping. I mean, I know we know that this. That was like a Midwestern thing. We never did it. It was also a Southern thing. My dad tried to do it one time when he was in high school. Why, though? Like it's, they're just because trying to sleep. I know. It's because he grew up in Virginia and he was a wild man. <laughs> he, also, well, he also let a cow loose in his uh, rival high school's high school. Yeah. They let a cow loose in Well, that was back in the day, though, that like you could do a senior prank. And like they would, you would get in trouble, but you wouldn't get like expelled. And then like all your parents and your extended family would have to come in and everybody would yell at you. And then they'd tell you you're never going to get a job and you're going to be a loser. Yeah. What happened? What happened to you, Linz? <laughs> well, they're just hard on kids anymore. They don't let kids be kids. But that's another show that I have. This show. Yes. My topic this week is interesting. Okay. As opposed to all the other topics I ever bring in. <laughs> this one is, it takes place in Devon, England. And the first reporting of it was February 8th, 1855. You've been digging back into the day of yesteryear recently, and I like it. Well, this goes back, but there's a newer story. So it kind of relates back to these old stories which i think are scary but it was in devon england february 8th 1855 it was a snowy really snowy day and the next morning the residents awoke to a surprise that they didn't suspect okay so, let me guess it was raining meat it was raining meat and there was you know just meat everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So the ground around their homes was covered by a set of hoof-like prints, each about 10 centimeters, four inches long, and 4.6 centimeters, about three inches across. But the thing that was weird was the footprints were in a single line. 
which basically implies that it was a two-legged creature. Wait, say the size again. So they were hoof-like footprints. Okay. About 10 centimeters, four inches long. 10 centimeters, four, I- four, oh, inch, four inches long. Either 10 centimeters or four inches. Yeah, I was Now just I got it. Breaking it down for us in America. Yeah, okay. And 7.6 centimeters or three inches across. So a pretty hardy hoof print. <laughs> you know what's really <laughs> fun to hear you say? A hardy hoof print? Pretty hard hoof print. <laughs> Say it. Please say it one more time. A pretty hardy hoof print. That's a really, honestly, that's really, I really like hearing you say that. Okay. It's really nice. (laughs) Okay. So four by three-ish. So it's not, it's big, but it's not like unusual. I mean, you could say you like maybe a goat or I don't know about much a deer, but. If someone were to walk outside, they'd go. A horse. Yeah. Even maybe like around horse size. Yeah, I would say maybe, yeah, I would say around but horse size. But you're right, like not not unusually shaped or sized, but unusual to see them there, especially single file. Yeah, so it looked as if it was a two-legged creature that had walked with these hoofs. Uh, don't li- I don't like that. Yes, so everybody kind of in this town of Dover believed that the devil had come for them. Okay. The footprints came up to people's doorsteps, which terrified people even more. Ew. That sounds nasty. Yeah. So not only were they seeing these hoof prints that were in a line, they were seeing them up to people's doorsteps, which makes me think, well, if it's a farm animal or an, a go out in the wild or something, like, why would it come up to everybody's door? It smelt beans or bread. It smelt food and it went, I would like that. I'm going to go over there. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a short number of footsteps either. The prince covered as much as 160 kilometers or 100 miles of trail. 100 miles? They were everywhere around this town. 100 miles. Yes, the prints were made by cloven hooves, and some people reported that the prints looked like they had almost seemed to be burned into the snow. Oh, man, that you hate to see that right when you wake up. Yeah. You hate little, to see that. It's a little weird, and especially like... If they're right up to your doorstep and these oh. hoofs have been like a hundred miles all over the place, like Ugh, I mean, because they're they're not obviously like a hundred miles just like out, like yeah. it's a hundred miles of just like all around town and then outside of town. Yeah. Oh, that's you know what that stinks. Yeah, it's really really weird. But what's even weirder about the story is that the route that these prints took. Oh, no. Was seemed like it had gone up and over walls, along narrow fencing, over house roofs, through barns that were closed, over haystacks, gardens and courtyards, across frozen lakes, fields, and like I said, they came up to people's doorsteps. I mean... Okay, we are safe in our house where we're able to talk about these things, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's also 150 years past when this happened. Mm -hmm. But just think about seeing that and going, oh, it looks like there were hot hooves in the snow that walked through a barn that was locked. 
Oh my gosh! It's I would. Cre- it's creepy unless there's a two-legged goat out there that was just like having the time of its life that night. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm free. One of the weirdest reports that someone had, and they kind of did a character sketch of it. I'd have to look it back up to show you, but it basically was prints looked like they had entered and exited a pipe that was only four inches in diameter. What? So this long pipe what? was laid out and the hooves went up to the pipe, stopped, you didn't see the hooves, yeah. and then saw them on the other end. It went like something it went into the pipe and came out the other end. Oh, so it played a game of honey I shrunk the Baphomet and then it grew back up? Isn't that weird? I picture, I don't know why I keep picturing this, and I have to say it just to get it out because it might not be that funny, but I just picture everyone like having like a little town hall meeting or something, and they're all like, I, it did this, and oh, I think it stole my blah, blah, blah. And the dude there, as soon as everyone sat down for the town hall meeting, maybe accidentally peed his pants. And he was like, (laughs) well, I'm here for the meeting. I might as well stay. And then as it got to him, Jerry, what happened to you? And he's like, "Uh, oh, I'll stand up and I'll say it even peed my pants. He's like, and it even peed my pants and pointed right, to his pants. Right, just blamed on blamed other it on things. the goat. Yeah. He's like, yeah, the, those hoof prints, they messed up my spreadsheets at work. Yeah. In and 1855. Th- and that's why I, d- I couldn't turn him in on time because the goat, the goat <laughs> ate him. The goat ate my files. I was making a spreadsheet on my typewriter, and it messed <laughs> it all up. Yeah, I was using uh, King Louis. The uh, it's a stupid thing. You go, just go, well, please. Well, speaking of like town hall meetings, basically everybody in the town was freaking out. I mean, this caused mass hysteria. Like people were afraid to leave their homes at night. They were seriously terrified that the devil was out roaming and that he could sniff out people's sins. And it could shrink to four inches and creep <laughs> and crawl around. Go through. Why go around the four inch pipe when you can go through it? Yeah. Wow, now that's a cool quote from Baphomet. <laughs> why, why why, go around, tackle your obstacles head on? Well, they tried to compare these possibilities to any kind of hoax. They compared the tracks to mice, to birds, to rabbits, badgers, ponies, horses. And they even came to the conclusion that maybe there was an escaped kangaroo. Because okay. they're like two feet, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. None of them match. They even had a whole theory that they think that maybe the way raindrops were falling onto the snow made the hoof prints <laughs> for 100 miles because nobody wanted to believe that this was real. Oh. Um, a far out idea that they had was they thought maybe a weather balloon had drifted down and drug along the ground <laughs> and made devil's footprints. And like spelled out like really like mean words to like one dude in particular. Yeah, they did not want to believe that this is what it was. Man, neither would I. Well, then another unexplained thing, which was basically the same as these devil footprints that happened, was in 1945 near Belgium. So this happened in another part of the world. It was January 10th. Again, snow. People saw the footprints, the hoof prints measured to 2.5 inches long by 1.5 wide so a little bit smaller gross they seemed very very similar and the weird thing about these ones was they were the two pair in a straight line obviously a two-legged creature 
but the prints were nine inches apart from each other in a single file line. So very close together. I think that's kind of far for the size of the hoof and then the stride. I don't know, maybe, but they were still in a single file line. Yeah. And then it ended up going like as the trail kept going, they ended up starting to be 12 to 15 inches apart. So maybe it started like moving faster. Maybe it started running more. Oh, I don't know. gross. Imagine whatever that thing is just running in general. Ugh. But again, the locals had never seen anything like this. They knew about the devil's footprint. So it's like, was it mass hysteria again? But like the, the devil's footprints in Devon in 1855 basically was a huge story overseas. Well, on March 5th, 2009... A very similar phenomenon was reported. 2009? 2009 in North Devon, where the original one happened. In North Devon? Yes. So they have found a strange, cloven hoof-like footprints that had fallen in fresh snow. But these ones were go looked as though they were being they were going backwards. When like they were analyzing it. The way that the print was in the snow, it seemed as if somebody was walking backwards. Okay, so just picturing this thing moving in general grosses yeah. me out. Picturing this thing shrinking to fit through a pipe <laughs> or or like jumping over an entire barn right. grosses me out. Picturing it running, I thought that was the worst it could get. Picturing this thing walking backwards like a creep just really makes me feel gross. They thought that they seemed as they were going backwards. They were five inches long and the stride was 11 to 17 itch inches. Five inches long? Yes. That's a that's a hefty print. Which like in 2009, I think we were able to identify these prints a little bit more with like, oh, it was moving backwards because of the way the imprint was. Oh. And it had a long stride. That is kind of a long stride. Yeah. it. This one went from 60 to 70 miles, they estimated. That's... All around town. Whatever it is, regardless, anything... Like, moving 60 to 70 miles in one night? Yeah. That's, that's radical to think about. It, it really is. And like, again, these looked like they were burned into the snow. Now, that though... I mean, any kind of heat can melt the snow. True. So, like, I don't know what burning into the snow would look like. Like, just really melted. But, like, if yeah. it's a really hot animal thing creature. Yeah. I mean, it would just melt the snow. You would think all the... Res if, if you had hooves, cloven hooves that were warm enough to burn the snow. Yeah. You would think there'd be enough residual heat ruminating off your very very warm little feet that it would just melt the snow around it right so how yeah how could you tell if it was burnt unless it was magic well i mean the ones that reported that it was it looked burned into the snow were from 1855 and i think that might have been just part of the mass hysteria sure of the weird anomaly but they the ones that they recently just saw in 2009 they compared them to the devil's footprints of 1855 and even though they seem bigger and almost appeared to be going backwards this time mm. the stride and the way that they were in a straight line is very very similar so they have an artist rendition 
of the actual little footprints. Yes. So wow. it's kind of like even though back then they didn't have the resources to videotape it or take pictures, they really noted what these things looked like. And it's kind of you look at it and it's like, well, was this part of mass hysteria? Was it folklore? But then now that we're still kind of seeing it and it's not often, it seems like 1855, then 1945, then 2009. Like, it's really kind of gapping in history. Yeah, it really is. Because that was the gap in between the first two was 100 years. Mm -hmm. And then this one's roughly 50 years. Mm -hmm. But my just theory is that if it is some kind of animal or even an animal we don't realize we have out there, it's, it's not happening enough to find this animal. Man... I that is so that is so cool and scary. Yeah, you can look up a bunch of pictures about the devil's footprints of 1855 and there's a whole rabbit hole of you know interesting whole devil hoof print hole. Hoof print hole. Hoof print hole. <laughs> of weird stuff. I don't know, it's just really odd. That is extremely odd. Yeah. Man, that's so interesting. But they think it's the devil come to smell out people's sins. Or steal their bread and beans. But, you know, good for them, though, because nobody reported anybody being hurt. So the devil came by, did his rounds, and was like, you know, this is a pretty good little town. You know, what is it, Dover? Yeah, it was Devon. It, it was Devon and Devon. Um, overseas. And then the most recent one was also... Devon. In Devon or Dover Township, I think it oh, was. But then there was the Belgium one. But then there was the weird one in Belgium. With the little guy. With the little guy. Not shrinky guy. Little baby. But little guy. Little baby clompers. Maybe baby clompers or just or baby clompers or clomper senior. Maybe they didn't want to do anything because they were like, you know what? Everyone's asleep here. These are just some nice European fairy tale towns. Yeah. And I just like to stroll. It just snowed. It's so cute. I want to shrink a little bit. I want to jump over a barn in the snow by myself. I want to walk backwards for 70 miles. Just have a me night. Well, I kind of thought too that, okay, so people are reporting this in the snow, but like, is this still happening when it's not snow on the ground? It's just we don't know because there's no tracks. That's true. So maybe the places in Devon and in Belgium, they need to just cover the entire town and flower every night. And then see if there's any imprints. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yes, I think or so. Or just put a bunch of four inch pipes out and then see if they go through <laughs> all of them. That would be fine. Or turn your entire town into one of those gigantic steppable keyboards. So when it makes a lot of racket when you're walking and you hear bling 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 someone playing like is that uh what's what's going on out there someone someone rocking out on piano and then you walk outside <laughs> and you just see the 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 devil tiptoeing uh, chopsticks or something or uh, what's the one song that everyone plays on piano chopsticks chopsticks what's the other one heart and soul. Heart and soul. But mm -hmm. then there's the other one on, on the Blackies. Oh, yeah. Which I guess that uh, that little tune is called Elephants Are Lucky. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Yeah, great. So maybe you see Baphomet out there slipping and sliding on the keys. Every Like when I was researching this whole topic, I just kept thinking of that 
Beck song, Devil's Haircut, but I kept thinking, Devil's Footprint in my town. (laughs) (laughs) That is a very good song. So I was like, oh, pretty strange and unusual. But then when I found out that one recently seemed like it was walking backwards, uh, yeah, that's unusual. If this is if this is fake, Mm -hmm. if I'm not saying it is. If it is, it's very good because there's enough weirdness and then there's also enough like simple, scary stuff, like stuff moving backwards. Creepy. Yeah. Weird. Mm -hmm. I think if you want like, okay, for instance, this this all this all uh, proves the point that if you want believable, if you want to create a believable hoax. Right. And again, I'm not saying this is a hoax. But we were at the gym recently, and on one of the TVs, there was one show I was only half watching it about Bigfoots. And this one dude was telling a story about how he fell asleep, and he woke up, and a Bigfoot was carrying him. Right. You know what? I don't think that happened. Because why don't we try to like- What does this have to do with anything about walking backwards? Because I'm saying, if it is a hoax, (laughs) that something walking backwards is Uh just weird enough, but also in the realm of possibility. Yeah. But being carried by a Bigfoot is not. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, so cool. it's it's not saying that, you know, like, oh, and it did this, and it did that. It's like it's stating something that not everybody thinks about as creepy. Yes, but it's also simple. It's very except simple. For, except for David Lynch yeah. with the talking backwards. Yeah. So we have a David Lynch devil hoof printer. Yeah. I wonder mm. if someone was like, and I heard it outside say, I am the firefighter or something like that. What, what did the one guy say backwards? Well, he is the firefighter. That's right. But that's in the new season. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Spoilers. <laughs> I really liked your topic a lot. Well, thanks. I hope that our listeners did it as well. I thought it was weird. It's very weird. It's creepy. Backwards man. The backwards goat, the backwards goat. <laughs> Hey, everyone. How about this? We have a spooky hotline and we would love for you to call it and talk to us on it about anything you want, about walking backwards goat men, about goat men that shrink to four inches in size. Maybe you saw some hoof prints, some cloven hooves that were seven inches long and five inches wide. You can call us and tell us about it. The phone number is 803-816-2667 or 803-816-BOOZE. Or say you have some really sweet pictures of like your devil footprints, cow mutilation. Maybe not those. Um, <laughs> that You cleaned out the inside of your fridge and it used to be scary, but now it's not scary. You yeah. can email us at SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com. And you can also... Not at gmail.com, but just at SpookySpousesCast.com. You can check out our fun little website and do some clicking and some zooming in and some scrolling. And then if you scroll all the way to the bottom, you can see our new merch that we have for sale. And you can get a fun t-shirt, long sleeve t-shirt, a coffee mug, or a molly blanket if you like. The Ready for Yeti collection. Mm-hmm. It's wintertime. The Ready for their hoof prints. Ready for confetti, which you're going to be throwing because they're so comfortable. (laughs) Was that a stretch or was that okay? That was fine. And we would like to thank Eli Rexford Chambers for writing the music you heard inside of our podcast at the beginning, middle, and end. You can find him on social media at Eli Who Does Music. He's gentle, sweet, fun, and nice, smells like meat, and has flute arms. 
Yes. You can also check out us and other podcasts on the Scavengers Network, which we are proud little family members of, and we don't walk backwards. We could, all of us. That's just kind of a brag. Yeah. Yeah. But you can check us out at thescavengersnetwork.com. And you can also go to patreon.com slash thescavengersnetwork and become a donor and a member of the scav fam you can help us create more content do more fun stuff keep the lights flickering etc we'd also like to thank each and every one of you for listening and just you know maybe playing along with our stories if you think they're totally fake or maybe (laughs) you tell all your friends about us yeah that's great if you want to leave a review and share the show cool if not whatever we're just happy to have you So until next Monday, we hope you all have a week where you do not see a cloven creature walking back and forth backwards and doing little skips, but you do hear one playing piano. Um, We also hope that you have a bloodless Tuesday. I guess meaning you don't bleed. Yeah. Is it like you're kind of a vegetarian if you just drink the blood and not eat the cow? No, I still think that is a red alert for all vegetarians. Okay. Still blood. All right. I tried to make it a better situation. It didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, have a good week. Have a great week, everyone. And we will see you later. Hopefully no one scares a fart out of you. Bye bye. Bye. You say some stuff. Hi. How you doing? See you later. What would you say in between those two things? Um, nothing. Just those things. Okay. If you had to play pretend and say one thing in between the two, what would it be? Uh, would you like some milk? Okay. So say that full sentence while I check these levels. Hi. How are you? Would you like some milk? Okay. See you later. Okay. <laughs> the Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused, treasured content. PodCube, podcasts from the past delivered to the future. With PodCube's pseudo-linear 4D adiabatic qubit streaming technology, you can select any point in history and record it for personal gain. What was the group dynamic with Australopithecus? What brand of cigarettes did the Spanish Inquisition smoke? Was Leonardo da Vinci a pants guy? Or a shorts guy? You can discover with PodCube. PodCube's patented, time-agnostic, articulated Newton mechanics allow for high-definition streaming of 8 petabyte per second audio from any time or place in space or time or place. Our Galileo Pod delivery system is unintrusive and designed to blend in, no matter when or where it goes, to deliver your PodCube. Listen for yourself to the flagship PodCube podcast, Alabaster's Haberdashery, recorded on location in 1880. The finest bespoke headwear, highest quality garments, and most humble haberdashery in the heart of beautiful Prumpleshire, UK. Search PodCube, all one word, in your podcast app, or visit poweredbypodcube.com. PodCube, the future is yesterday. Big well.